0: The future. the future From the Vegas strip here's RJ Bell. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a retirement in the NBA, we also have some news regarding the NFL draft. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday?
1: We're going to start with the fallout of Justin Fields' second pro day. And the fact is, it's one thing, you know, yesterday, Mac Jones was minus 200 to be the number three pick to San Francisco. And Justin Fields was two to one. So think about it. If you bet a hundred on Mac Jones, you made fifty dollars, a hundred on Justin Fields would make two hundred dollars. Today, Justin Fields is the slight favorite, both around even money, Trey Lance far behind. Was this cause he looked good throwing passes? No. This is usually information based, and somehow, some way information's been released, or at least it's out there in the hemisphere where the betters are saying, uh-oh, yesterday really changed things, so let's dig in.
0: Yeah, and it was uh, the buzz around social media earlier today that there was a growing rumbling of reporters out there talking about the Justin Fields going number no. 3 to the 49ers. This, of course, after his second pro day. We've been hearing about Mac Jones for the past couple of weeks, but Justin Fields starting to pick up some momentum being the number no. 3 pick for the Niners.
1: And I think it's important, and Maddie, you being a former Nevada bookmaker, w- which was licensed in a way that you couldn't do a lot of the exotic props, the stuff that was more subjective, but a lot of times these bets are driven not by anyone winning or losing a game, but rather on information, like who's get, get, got the most votes for the MVP, right? That's information. Or who's the final two on Survivor or the apprentice or whatever, This isn't about who's the better quarterback. It wasn't like they looked and said, look at those. It's about what's the 49ers going to do. I don't think it's possible a move from 2-1 to to even money could happen unless there was rumblings from people that know that's driving the action. Because no way could the assessment of how good he threw lead to this kind of change. What do you think?
2: I do think you're right and look a lot of really smart people said there's no way you trade up to number 3, give up what San Francisco did for a low ceiling, high, I mean, you know, high basement, low ceiling quarterback like Mac Jones. But I've been on a few shows and talked to some actual football players including Chris Cooley who used to play for coach Shanahan who said I can guarantee you Justin Fields is not a Shanahan type player. He's not going to fit the Shanahan system and that Mac Jones actually fits it perfect, so I think there's strong rumors on both sides, and at this point, that's why you're seeing this line finally as a pick'em.
1: So, but wh- I can agree with all that if it drifted to even money over you know a, a week or so. If it goes from two to one to even money, meaning a surge on Justin Fields, it's not just because people are saying, "Yeah, he's you know Justin Fields." I forgot about him, but then they see the SportsCenter Pro Day thing. It feels like it has to be something, something somebody said to somebody. Maybe it's being but mis- at the misconstrued. Pro day, yes. Yeah, who but knows? it's his pro day, so it's Justin Fields' pro
2: day. So people so he's t- getting the attention. But it's also possible that somebody thought they heard somebody mm-hmm. say something because it's his pro day. Um, I'm not sure. I'm. He- I- I'll tell you. I'm what? hearing people on both sides that really seem like they would be in the know, making strong cases for both Mac Jones and Justin Fields.
1: That's Matty Holt. We are straight out of Vegas. Here's what we know for sure, unequivocally. One of these surges was wrong. Because at a certain point, Mac Jones was a big underdog. Yes. At another point, he became a significant favorite. As high as over minus 300. That was a high point you saw. To be the third pick. Yes. Now there's been a surge on Justin Fields. It's bringing it back to even money. One of those is wrong. Correct. It doesn't mean that they weren't both correct at the time. Meaning, if Shanahan, let's say someone, let's say Shanahan was making these bets, he's not. But let's say he were, or one of his buddies, old friend from back home was. Okay, or maybe his first cousin that works for a gambling (laughs) show. I don't know. I don't know, McKenzie. But for those that don't know, McKenzie first cousins. With Kyle Shanahan, Uncle Mike, he calls Mike Shanahan. Is that correct?
2: That is correct.
1: Does he run the other way when you say that, or how does (laughs) that work? No, I'm his favorite nephew. I'm sure. Oh, that's what he says,
2: right? Matthew, you mentioned Chris Holt. I mean, um, Chris Cooley. Chris Cooley. He's the only
1: person I ever saw back with the Shanahans in the offices hanging out. So he knows them really well. Okay. Well, remember, he was there one day. <laughs> you heard this story, right? No. So he worked for the uh, Washington then Redskins as a, uh, what do you call that? An intern, right? Yeah, PR it intern. It was at Yale. He went and was an intern. And the PR person said, there's only one rule here. One, You cannot do any media without approval expressly from me. And he said, Mackenzie said, okay, sir. That evening, he went on a podcast was just talking about everything. Next day, he was reassigned. <laughs> he, he lasted 22 hours. Nice. <laughs> he, you, you can't keep the mic away from the guy. Mackenzie in research, pregame.com. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox
0: Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: The thing that I think may be happening here, and if I had to pick right now, I would take Mac Jones. And here's why. One, I think that the analytics people, the people that watch tape, they are saying, no way can it be Mac Jones. They don't understand how it could be. And that's what you're getting is a sense of anything positive that points to Justin Fields, they're going to embrace. Correct. Anything that points against it, they're going to poo-poo. Yeah. And I mean, like the guys at Pro Football Focus podcast, the football guys, I love that show, but they are so sure that it could not be Mac Jones, that they're like making gigantic bets. They're saying on Justin Fields. It's like, what's the rationale? And it's like, because Justin Fields is clearly better. It's like, but you're, but that's not what this is about. It's about who Kyle Shanahan thinks is better. Correct. And we can't put ourselves in his mind. So Justin Fields did look good. And I do think if you look at the teams that were there, it was all the teams that needed a quarterback. And I thought it was interesting Carolina was on that list after recently trading for a quarterback. But to me, I think that. Schefter, and it comes back to this, Schefter doesn't get played for a fool. He's the most powerful information guy in the NFL. If you're going to try to get something out there and it's fake, why give it to Schefter and piss him off? Because that's what you're going to do. And you would think, right, because he prides himself on not saying things unless he knows them. And Jonas, you understand the media as well as anyone Doesn't it feel like if they wanted to get a rumor out there for some reason? And I don't understand the reason. The 49ers were picking third. We know who's going, and one and two are locked up. Yeah. So why be deceptive? Yeah. So why burn Shafter for what? You trade it up
2: to number three, and one and two are locked. There's no reason to be deceptive.
1: I agree. And why, if you're going to be deceptive, don't have Shafter be the mouthpiece? That's right. What do you think, Jones?
2: Yeah, I, I think
0: there's enough on the Mac Jones front, just from the Schefter tweet, and just from, and I, I think Rappaport might have been one as well too that, that talked about the Mac Jones stuff. Like, there's enough there to where. I don't know what happened at a pro day, a second pro day that he needed to, to put on that all of a sudden we just rushed to go, okay, well now it's no longer going to be Mac Jones and Justin Fields is the guy. And I was wondering this, and I was going to ask you guys this, and I don't even know if, if you would have the answer, but are there certain reporters, because we always talk about Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer, uh, when he tweets it, it's true. He's never wrong, so on and so forth. Are there certain reporters that the sports books in Vegas respect more than others and and maybe react differently to their reports and their rumors as opposed to some others when they're setting these lines?
1: So thinking about it, and Maddie will answer this question best, but I would frame it in the following way. Usually, if it's going to be a game-based, the only thing the reporters are going to put out there is injury stuff, yeah. as in someone's questionable, and then they're like he's out. Let me ask you Giannis guys. Giannis today. We just saw
2: Giannis in from like Woj. So, okay. you know it's good.
1: So, when you guys were deciding and you had like, so, so there's like uh, Don Best had the feed or whatever where the stuff is coming in. You guys are watching that screen. Did at Cantor and you guys were booking billions of dollars a year. Did you have your own team following the information, or did you let like the screen tell you? So at first, we used to have our own team following the
2: information because Lee, you'll remember back in the day, was take every the, bet, the never CEO take it at down. The time, yes. yes. Former CEO Lee Amadas had kind of a never take the games down, always take bets kind of Being uh, ambitious philosophy. Yes. But later on, after Lee retired, um, we got much less ambitious, and and our you know our head of risk then would simply take them down like a lot of. Vegas books take the game down for 10 minutes, let the line settle, put it
1: back up. And... and it's an interesting point because if you are trying to be on the cutting edge, you can't use conventional information because you don't have any edge. You got to have your own. you could imagine a big better having teams of people following Twitter trying to find it. The question is, does the economics make sense? Yeah. And most of the time, most people are saying, hey, let's let this be parody. If it comes out on the screen, we'll all move at the same time. The betters will get it at the same time. Some people want to beat the, the betters or beat the bookies. But in general, I would say this, just speaking for myself, there's two types of information, guys, in the NFL, NBA, etc. The guys that are mostly right, but you can see them rushing sometimes and they'll make a mistake. And I would put Rappaport there. I don't think he's mostly wrong, but I don't look at his tweets as gold. But I look at a guy like Shafter, I think he would rather be late a couple times than be wrong one time. And to me, I balance it that way. Do you guys see Schefter the same way? Uh, I agree. His reputation's too strong. Yeah, because he, if he's wrong on one, he could be first on ten, and it still hurts him because he's already considered fast and right. Yeah. Why risk right to be extra fast?
0: And the guy Glazer's always considered the number one guy, but the difference. And, and I think
1: he's more judicious, where he doesn't come exactly. out very often.
0: And he's talked about that to where he's not just going to report everything. He doesn't. He's not in it for that. He doesn't. He's not. This isn't his only gig to where Schefter, this really is his only gig. So so when Glazer reports something, it's quality uh, and not so much quantity. Schefter's got a pretty, pretty successful track record, though, for
1: all he sends out. And I think Glazer is more personal, where he's got these X number of yeah. people he's got these personal ties with, and when he gets it, it's gold, right? Yeah. Schefter has, I think, looser ties, but really good ties, and then everyone else is, hey, Listen, you got to start somewhere. They're fighting to be that next guy, but but I do think the fact Schefter was the one they get they gave this to him. They didn't. He didn't uncover this. They gave it to him. Why would they give it to him if it's a lie and burn him? That's my I'm, question.
0: I mean, Schefter also is the guy who got access to Jason Pierre-Paul's X-rays in the hospital and posted them. All right, so that's how connected he is. He got an X-ray of a guy's hand after he blew it up in a fireworks accident and <laughs> and, and and got that information. So
1: don't want to mess with that guy. We know no. that much. (laughs) All right. So our conclusion is, and the facts are that the pro day has driven a serious odds adjustment. Jack Mac Jones was the clear favorite to be the number three pick. He's now pretty much even money, but Justin Fields has moved past him by a smidge. Like 51% to 49% almost. Well, Trey Lance is there, but way back. And that was driven from yesterday's pro day and the aftermath. I think it's more information driven. The question is, is it true information? Unfortunately, our first cousin of Kyle Shanahan doesn't have any inside information. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast.
0: We have got a best bet as we approach the NFL draft from Matty Holt.
1: Yeah, this guy sits at the intersection of the bookmakers, the bettors, the regulators, and his mind's like the Borg on the old Star Trek, just sucking it all in. And now let's hope we can get a winner out of them. So I like, uh, you know, most books either have this over or under, or, you know,
2: who's going to have 18 and a half for offensive players. Okay, so the number of offensive players in the first round. Versus, yes, versus the number of defensive players. And, and it's, it's you know, it's two different markets, but they're both the same. So, but sometimes they're mispriced. So it's either over for the defensive players or under for the offensive players. But I went under 18 and a half plus 110 uh, offensively. Offensive players. And the theory is this is usually
1: a 50 50 split. Now, and I would agree to that. Typically, with the 32 picks, it's around 16 is the number typically. Yes. Well, this year, because. You know, five, basically
2: five of the first six picks are going to be quarterbacks, and, and then you know one of those is also going to be Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Those numbers got drastically misconstrued, and if you look at the end of the draft, everyone, Mel Kuypers, whoever, like five of the last six picks are supposed to be defensive players, and in the middle, it's about to be even. I think it's probably going to be 16 or 17 offensive players this year, not 16-16 necessarily, but they're pricing it so heavy offense because of the the first seven picks of the draft that there's a lot of value betting under 18 and a half on the offensive
1: players. OK, so if there's 18 offensive players, you win. If there's 19 or more, you lose. Correct. And you're getting plus money, so plus 110. So even if this were 50-50, you still got a good bet. Yep. I'm a little skeptical. And I haven't done all the math. Now, have you looked at like the five most respected mocks and mm-hmm. did a count? And what's it coming to? It's about 18, 14, 17, 15. So, it's about 17 and a half offense. On average. Okay. Hmm. Because the thing we know is those offensive players at the front are locks. Mm-hmm. We don't know on that 25th pick exactly. Sure. Who's. So, it does feel like you probably have the right side, but I can see where it But might most be. drafts, the top of the draft is offensive players. But not like this. I mean, having five yeah, quarterbacks in the year. first eight. Yeah. I mean, and then, like you said, pits for sure. But the, the idea of having five first round quarterbacks isn't unheard of. This isn't
2: that irregular for a draft.
1: No, and, and I get in your point, which is the perception of yes. it. Yes. I'm going to ask Jonas what he thinks of this. I'm going to say one thing that concerns me, though, too, about it. A lot of theories on the most advanced NFL guys last season was. Defense doesn't matter. That effectively that the offense matter. Because remember, Tampa Bay won it, obviously. They were clearly the fourth best team in the final four. Any power ratings in the world, did you see one power rating that had Green Bay below Tampa Bay? No. One power rating had Buffalo behind Tampa Bay. It just wasn't the case, right? But of the four teams what? left who had the best defense? Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's my point, is if it – coming into the Final Four, there was a real sense that defense didn't matter. Now does Tampa and that dominating performance change the mentality of the league – what do you think, Jonas?
0: I think you're going to have to probably sweat it out a little bit, especially because there's going to be a run. <laughs> that's on, for sure. Well, because there's going to be a run on so many offensive players, as as Maddie pointed out, to start the draft. That you're going to hit a lull. There's going to be a bunch of defensive players. If this were me that were that were making this pick, knowing my luck, I would be sitting at like 17 or 18, and then two teams would trade back into the first round and take offensive players, and I'd lose. <laughs> like that's 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 my luck. But you know.
1: Now what's interesting, and that's Jonas Knox, we straight out of Vegas is this is a bookie's bet. Because imagine what a bookie says. He says, you can have bet any... I'm going to put a board of games behind me. You can pick anyone you want, whenever you want it. Bet as much as you want, as little as you want. Just give me minus one ten. That's all the bookies want. <laughs> you're saying, you're right, this could happen, this could happen. This, but mathematically, it's about a 50-50, maybe a little towards the under. And by the way, I'm plus 110, so I'm fine. Yeah. This is a bookie <laughs> bet right here. Matty, hold everyone. Former bookie. Now i got another bet for you. This is mine. This These odds blow my mind. And Jones, I'm going to get your thoughts real quick, too. Odds to win the East in the NBA. So just the East to make it to the finals. Nets are about even money. Minus one ten, a little about even money. Milwaukee's three to one and Philly is five to one. That's insane to me. If you told me last longer in the playoffs, Philly or Milwaukee, I'm taking off the rubber band. I'm on Philly till they quit taking the bets. But somehow, because if there's anyone Philly's had a better regular season, and if anyone has a history of underperforming in the playoffs, it's Milwaukee in Giannis. So, this to me is irrational. Guy, nice anti toko umpo. It's not good in the playoffs. At least history tells us that. But I like the Nets. I gotta, we got a bet right on this show, four to one on the Nets. So, here's what I'm going to do. Imagine you're doing a $100 bet $100 on Philly to win the East. So, 100 wins you 500. Then I bet 100 on the Nets to win the East. So, that's 110 to win 100. And that's it. So what happens? If the Nets win the East, I break even. Because I win 100 on their bet, lose the 100 on Philly, right? That makes sense. But if Philly wins, I win 500, and I lose the bet on the Nets. So I win about 400. So effectively, if Philly wins, I win 400. If Brooklyn wins, it's break even, no bet, effectively. And if anyone else wins, which would be Milwaukee or the has you know have-nots at the bottom, I would lose 210. So really what we're saying is... If Philly has half the chance of anyone except Brooklyn winning, so if you take Milwaukee and the other people, do they have double the chance of Philly winning? That's almost impossible. That bet, those two bets combined, give you exposure on Philly. Brooklyn breaks even. Maddie, thirty seconds. What do you think?
2: Absolutely love that bet. If you could get those prices, I just looked at the seven apps in town that I look at: MGM, Circa, Westgate, William Hill, South Point, and Stations and. I couldn't get anywhere close to that split at any of them.
1: All right, so five uh, Mackenzie five to one is where right now. Bet online, you're saying, and a couple other online books. Yeah, and on Bovada as well.
2: Yeah, so uh, I didn't. I only look at well, uh, you're regulated regulated, regulated <laughs> sports books is all I look at.
1: But once again, the bookie is giving you a really good point, which is it's all about prices. Jimmy vicaro famous bookmaker in town, he says, "I don't bet team. No one bet. Pros don't bet teams. They bet numbers." The numbers are important. Jonas, real quick, what do you think of that? Uh,
0: whoever can avoid Brooklyn the longest is number at one a seed again advantage. gets important. Yeah. Again, and, and I also think because, look, Brooklyn's had health concerns this season. Uh, the longer it goes, the more you expect another meltdown from Kyrie Irving. I, I think the longer you can wait to see them before you get to the, to the you know, finals, I think the better off you are.
1: And worst case, if Brooklyn wins, you break even. It's like you didn't bet. Thank you, Matty Holt, usintegrity.com. Jonas, great show.